here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. He is sounding off, drunk, in the middle of the road in a snowstorm, wherever he is. Jeff Hawkins. They give them a big middle finger! <laughs> You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I honestly would have rather gotten a DUI tonight. Wow. Hello, everybody. Rob McCarron here. Shake them ropes. Uh, Jeff Hawkins is with us as oh, well. Yeah, well, yeah, you you couldn't hear the music because I was playing with all my knobs yesterday uh, for something else that I was doing after the craziness of Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jeff, we are here. We are recording this on Tuesday before the uh, brand new SmackDown with Mara Ronaldo debuting. So... Hopefully nothing we talk about today is changed by uh, a couple of hours in the future. I don't think it will be. I mean, a lot of the big news happened yesterday, and uh, it'll build up to that. That's true. A lot of the big news happened yesterday. We are going to talk on this show uh, some of the stuff going on with WWE possibly signing every single superstar from New Japan and All Japan and NOAA. And maybe some DDT. I don't know. We're going to talk about that new story. We also got Undertaker and uh, Mick Foley from King of the Ring as part of our top 100 matches. It is the halfway point. It is number 50 we are through. And uh, we are going to talk about some of the things happening from WWE Raw. But we will get into all of this craziness and this chaos that has kicked off 2016 with the potential incoming of talent into WWE. But first, Jeff, how was PWG this weekend? It was uh, it was a fun card, if not a little bit uh, more straight ahead than your usual PWG card. Um, all singles matches, um, no real big surprises, but a lot of solid matches in there. Uh, the only match that I thought underwhelmed a little bit was oddly enough Jack Evans versus Drew Galloway, uh, just because I expected a lot to see a lot more of what I had seen from Drew Galloway pr- in his prior appearances, and it really didn't come through. Um, Hell froze over. I enjoyed the Zack Sabre Jr. Akira Tozawa match immensely. Um, Zack did a great job on the things that I had dinged him for, and I'm not taking any credit for that. I'm just stating I have certain criticisms I've had in the past of him, and uh, and none of those came about this time. So he had a great match. The Roderick Strong Chris Hero title match was great. Speedball Bailey. Uh, Adam Cole was a great little match, and uh, and you know the Sammy Callahan, Trevor Lee match was really good as well. I I really enjoyed also the fill-in for uh, and and Helico, uh, Chris Dickinson from uh, CZW. Yep, uh, really enjoyed his stuff. So uh, overall, very fun night. Fun night. Uh, so that was the kickoff to the weekend. Uh, this is and Shake Them Ropes episode one twenty seven. You can find us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Everyone was geeked out about Wrestle Kingdom coming up. So I mean, it was another one of those big weekends. I mean, yeah. my God, is this the second year in a row? I know we're a WWE centric show for the most part, and I know the flagship station does does the big Japan deal. But are we having the second year in a row where the match of the year has already happened? As of January 4th, in terms of technical prowess and all that other stuff, excitement. I don't know. And as we'll get into, uh, you know, some of the talents that might be coming to WWE, the potential is there to have a potential match of the year inside WWE this time. Um, But yeah, it it could be the case where the match of the year happens in January, even in WWE. Talking 2015, the best match of the year happened in January for WWE with the Royal Rumble three-way. So, I mean, sometimes you just get it early. Yeah, and I, I no, and I just I just wonder if if you know anybody other than you know the occasional couple of talents actually pay attention to this show on January fourth. 
other than, you know, your Brian Danielsons and your Cesaros and whatnot, who obviously cribbed a little bit from, from the show last year in terms of their moves. I, you know, I just wonder if, 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 I mean, I figure, you know, you know, I don't think Hunter and Vince are sitting down to watch Wrestle Kingdom and saying, wow, this is a good show or rather than, uh, we're better. You know, I kind of wish there was, there was a happy medium in there. That said, I loved uh, New Year's Dash as well. I thought <laughs> for some reason, man, that Yano Briscoe's pairing combines my two favorite things, especially in that match against the Young Bucks and, and Fale. It combines good tag teams and absolutely unrepentant, stupid shit that I enjoy and laugh at. So there you go. Hopefully our uh, our audio feed oh, no. lasts for the day because, well, what's happening, you explained before we started, is it's raining out where you are, right. which is Los Angeles, and rain does crazy things in the L.A. area. Okay. So hopefully everything, uh, hopefully everything works out here as we discuss all of, uh, because Wrestle Kingdom happened on Monday, and then everyone was really anxious for New Year Dash, on Tuesday, because it, you know, we kind of got the idea. Uh, on Monday, Court Bauer came out with a uh, a six minute audio update on his website, Major League Wrestling, talking mm-hmm. about how uh, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson. He never actually mentioned the other names. He said AJ Styles and some of the other members of the Bullet Club had given notice that they were leaving this month from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay, and then he mentioned how Shinsuke Nakamura also mentioned that he was going to leave New Japan Pro Wrestling. So this all started happening on Monday, and then uh, New Year Dash came, and lo and behold, Kenny Omega pins Shinsuke Nakamura. AJ Styles is kicked out of the Bullet Club. Uh, so you have a lot of stuff going on right now at New Japan Pro Wrestling Talents leaving. Rich and Joe are the Voices of Wrestling podcast. We'll talk about how this all affects New Japan Pro Wrestling. We are going to talk today how this could potentially affect WWE and NXT if these talents do indeed make their way to WWE and NXT. So we're going to talk about uh, basically four names that are the hot names uh, coming potentially from New Japan. They have not signed yet. As Dave Meltzer has come out on his updates, these guys aren't, you know, part of the WWE roster right now. Could they become WWE roster members? Most likely, especially in the case of AJ Styles, because we've kind of known for months now, for months that AJ Styles was leaving New Japan and most likely coming in. We always thought NXT, but very well could be to the main roster. Uh, so before we get into some of the stuff from Raw, Breaking Ground, our fifty, our uh, 100 top matches, let's go ahead and talk about what a New Japan raid, as some are calling it, could potentially affect and do with uh, WWE here. And the first name I want to bring up is AJ Styles, uh, with Dave Meltzer and Court Bauer both saying that AJ Styles He's gone from New Japan. We kind of got the uh, the swan song from AJ on Tuesday's New Japan uh, show from Kirk and Hall. AJ Styles coming to WWE. What are your overall thoughts when just hearing that piece of news that AJ Styles has left New Japan and it seems like WWE is uh, his next stop? He wants to make one last run before he retires to see if he can uh, go into the one big company in America. That's my thought. Uh, I, I, I've been reading and... and seeing a lot of people just going out of their minds about, you know, these four and doing on the fantasy booking front. Everybody just needs to slow down a little bit. This is the WWE we're talking about. They have a way they do things. Let's not book AJ Styles to win the Royal Rumble right now. All right? Let's not do that. Oh, for sure not. And and the crazy thing is, you know. <laughs> Don't even put him in the Rumble. I'm, I'm not going to say that. I yeah. mean, and I'm I, not I e- saw that. I was just like, are you nuts? Yeah, it's, I mean, I haven't even thought for very much of uh, this period at all. Like, it's a cool thing. Where will Shinsuke Nakamura go? Where where will AJ Styles go? Are they even coming in? Like, that's where my mind has been focused on. What they do once they get here is very way down on the priority list of things to think about because we don't even know where they're going yet. We don't even know what the right. landscape will be going into WrestleMania. And I think part of this was fed by the the additional analysis that's like, well, you know, AJ and, and Shinsuke... They, they cost this much that so they wouldn't be signing them. They weren't looking them for them to be on the main roster. And, and, and I really, like, I want like that's just irresponsible to me. Yes. Just let's stop. That is irresponsible to say that because I think that, uh, especially if they want to build NXT as this traveling brand, and we're going to talk about this with Shinsuke first or uh, Shinsuke, when we get to him yeah. is I could definitely see them bringing in him for NXT and to br- build value in that brand while also getting the value out of how much they're paying him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with AJ Styles, so 
AJ Styles was booked for Ring of Honor shows the rest of this month. He was booked for uh, the 22nd and 23rd in North Carolina and Georgia with Ring of Honor. He was booked for the uh, the Nashville TV tapings on February 6th. He has since been removed. Right. Uh, as of uh, as of Monday, he has been removed from the advertisements for those shows on the Ring of Honor website. Uh, so he is off those shows, presumably. AJ Styles is going to be the first one most likely to come in. Mm-hmm. Whenever, maybe that's this month. Maybe yeah. that is, uh, you know, NXT if they, you know, have a February takeover possibly, uh, which seems unlikely at this point. Uh, April, so. April should be their next takeover. I believe that was even mentioned on NXT TV. So unless there's some last minute thing, uh, he could he could debut around WrestleMania weekend. We don't know. We don't even know if he's coming in for sure. Right. Like he's the most likely. And, you know, everything that I'm hearing is AJ Styles is going. I have a little more, bit more hesitance when it comes to Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. AJ Styles is coming in. Uh, where do you think the biggest value for him is? Is it WWE? Is it NXT? Where do you where do you see the value in him? And then where do you think he might actually end up? So you want a floor and a ceiling? Is that is that what you want here? No, I, I want I, you I, to think I, okay. in where do you see right him? now? Right now, I see him in the main event picture in NXT until he builds up a little bit of that resume because I think he makes a great addition into that whole Balor. If a Tommy comes back, Joe. Oh, well, Paul it certainly Cruz becomes fixed. a superstar I indie. Love that. I, yeah, and it becomes great for the traveling brand. And I think that's the point of most of these signings right now. Um, I think eventually they'll, they may bring him up. I think they're going to drag their feet a little because of his resume in TNA. I hate to say that, but they're going to drag their feet maybe a little bit on that. I'd like to see them bring him in as AJ Styles. Because I think he's earned that heft, um, much like Samoa Joe. Oh, if he if he comes in, he's not changing the name. I hope so. Yeah, let's I let's get that right now. He's not going to change his name if he comes in. Um, and I think you know what? If they don't see him, if they you know, if the usual nitpickery of he's too small, he does too much stuff, he doesn't work so, gets on on him for some reason, any reason. I don't think it would because I think. You know, AJ has always proven himself to be, you know, good for whatever company he's in. He'd make a great addition, and I, I put this to you last night. He'd make a great, you know, coach and talent simultaneously on the NXT roster. Yeah, it's a move that simultaneously sets up his current while also protecting his future if he wants to stay in wrestling. But this is a guy who went, who always took, uh, he, he stayed in TNA, not chasing the potential big dollars by going to WWE. He stayed right. in TNA. He stayed with what he knew. He stayed with what he was comfortable with. Uh, you know, he has his small business going on in Georgia where he does his landscaping. And he's got kids that are born. I mean, you see it on the tattoo that he's got. He's got small children. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a guy who kind of wants to stay close. I always felt that the New Japan was, you know, probably like a one-year thing. See how he does. They're offering yeah. him big money, take it. And then it, you know, bloomed out to a longer period of time. But it was definitely not going to be something where he was going, you know, for six, seven, eight years. I just never saw that with AJ Styles based on everything we've seen with his history uh, in wrestling. No, and and if James Storm isn't sticking around for whatever reason, he's that Southern babyface that, you know, is a staple of wrestling. Southern babyface who also, as we get into the Shinsuke talk too, is a draw in Japan yep. where the WWE Network just debuted this week. Ding, ding, ding. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of value you can get out of both AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura by bringing them in without forcing them on the main roster. You don't have to have them on the main roster to get the money worth out of them. And I think that's mostly, uh, that could be said mostly for Shinsuke Nakamura because I don't know how he translates to the main roster. Uh, AJ Styles, I could see him being on the main roster. I could see him, you know, popping up at Royal Rumble. I could very well see him popping up in the Royal Rumble match. No. Even if he doesn't go to the main roster, I could see him popping. Let's, I mean, we had at the end of Raw, Roman Reigns is defending the championship inside okay. the Royal Rumble match. If okay. you want to make a, a theory out of it where you have guys from all over the world coming in for this shot at the championship and kind of okay. build that up a little bit. AJ, Freeze right there. Freeze right there because this is what I was thinking in my head. In a perfect world where a rising tide raises all ships and WWE wants to help the wrestling industry. They go to every minor promotion and say, Hey, can we borrow your champ? We'll let you use the footage to help build your promotion. They come in. Everybody looks good in some way in either qualifiers or in the actual match and becomes a hard hitting fighting match where all these champions have gathered to try and get the big belt. I love that idea. 
I well, that's love not, it. Well, that's not I, what I'm saying not, at all. But it's not going to happen. Well, I'm not saying and, that and, either. And, well, no, I get that. And I know what you're that's saying. That's going a little that, too far. Well, no, but hold on. It, it, it builds into what I'm about to tell you here because you're going into AJ Styles being in the Rumble. They can't even get NXT guys to get a pop when they're in the Rumble. Oh, I know. As they have. So putting in AJ Styles, who nobody's going to know. Uh, well, let would uh, be you death. freeze. Time for you to freeze. Okay. They're in Orlando, where AJ spent the last 13 years of his career. It's also the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble crowds tend to be a more smart, smarty crowd uh, who, you know, I mean, this is a group that last year popped for Bubba Ray Dudley after being gone for 11 years. I mean, they know who they will know who AJ Styles is in that building. That's why I say he could show up at the Royal Rumble, be a big deal, and then go to NXT. I think the Orlando WWE crowd is different than than the Orlando NXT crowd or the Orlando TNA crowd. I think they're different. I mean, I think they I think they cross pollinate, but as a whole, in that big building, you're not going to have enough to to merit the reaction you're thinking they're going to get. Well, People I, know Bubba Ray Dudley from the Attitude Era. No, I know. And and that's probably not the best comparison, obviously, to Bubba Ray. That's just one of the more recent things we can look to. But let's look when Rusev showed up. I mean, Rusev was on WWE TV in the NXT brand, albeit not that long and not a, in a high no profile. He got no reaction, but that didn't matter. That didn't stop them from doing it. No, it didn't stop them from doing it, but it was also a bad move that they have since retconned, and they never mentioned it again when they brought him up the second time. Yeah, I I, I just don't know. <laughs> but no, but I, again, I get, with I my get your theory, I get your theory, and it's a good one. But I I just think that's I think that's a mistake to I'm, do it. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, I would not be surprised if he's one of the thirty coming into the Royal Rumble, and if they promote it as such that it's a champion in another organization who's been away who's coming in now for the chance at the wwe title and they actually sell it on the story that people are coming in trying to get this championship that would be a great story and i'd love vignettes and the whole deal but you have to introduce these guys because the wwe audience is based on conditioning and they have to be conditioned first right yeah I, as far as a long-term thing i i just say i he's the first to come in right okay no um, i agree you know shinsuke think, is going to take a little yeah. bit longer this AJ Styles thing is certainly interesting because he's he's a pretty good loss for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he's a big addition for WWE, whichever way he goes. Uh, the NXT brand is taping that Saturday, too, you know, where he was originally scheduled for ROH on the 23rd. Uh, they are taping NXT in the same building as the Royal Rumble on the night before the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. uh, so if he is going to indeed be on the NXT brand, that's a pretty good place to debut him as well. If oh, he's debuting there. this month, if he's debuting yeah. in NXT TV. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree there. There are, and... there are a ton of options with AJ. Mm -hmm. uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. And before I guess we go into Shinsuke Nakamura again, AJ Styles, probably the one who's most confirmed as to come as to be coming in. Uh, the Probably a sure thing. I, I think it's happening. I just don't know when it's going to be. Shinsuke Nakamura is a little bit more iffy. Because the news is out there that Shinsuke has reported that he is going to give notice or has given notice already that he is planning to leave New Japan. Not right away. He's the current Intercontinental Champion of the company. He got pinned by Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega versus Shinsuke seems to be the next program where Kenny Omega I can see him winning that title. And I liked that whole blow up of the Bullet Club thing too with yeah. AJ. I thought that was smart. So you have Shinsuke Nakamura who's probably coming in. Uh mm -hmm. He's the bigger issue because, yes, he probably takes a pretty good penny to get into WWE and give up his career in New Japan where he's one of the top guys. So you think that money, to justify it, you need to have him on the main roster. I don't know. Does it take that much money to get a guy who's in his late 30s who may just want to see what he could have done? And then he always has the fallback. I can always just go back to Japan. I mean, I, I understand that, yeah, if, if he wants to maintain his market value and you're thinking Western cultural values, I'm worth this much and I should be paid this much wherever I go. Yeah, but I think it's I always mean, tough to give up more money. It is. For the I, unknown. And I, and I get that. And it's, it's great to be a big fish in a smaller pond, so to speak. But there's always that. Well, what would happen if and sometimes it doesn't take money. Sometimes, sometimes it's just the chance. I, you know, I, I, I understand the argument. I just, I just don't think they're going to break the bank necessarily for a guy in the talent range 
with skills that the WWE does not know how to translate on their own product. I think he's pure NXT. I can't see how, and I love Shinsuke Nakamura. I've had that 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 teenage girl, whoever, who was cheering for him in Wrestle Kingdom, Shinsuke, all day long in my ear. They haven't been able to really do much with a top, a top. They haven't been able to do much with any foreign commodity on the main roster in terms of a non-English speaker as a natural. I just, I have my doubts. Yeah, I, I, think, I, he'll, I think he'll have great matches down in NXT. I think he and, he and Atami could have a great program, you know, kind of being off their, their stuff from Noah and whatnot. I think him and and Balor, you know, it's the same as the AJ Styles correlate. Him and AJ Styles, you put that match from Wrestle Kingdom on NXT, we're all going gaga for it. It's perfect. And it's not even, um, you know, what the programs can be in NXT. While he's got more talent, he can probably work with in in a great style for us, the viewers. Uh, yeah, NXT has a lot of talent there that he's more familiar with, and you know that has the platform to do those longer matches that can really go somewhere. Uh, but we talk about the value. Say Shinsuke Nakamura yeah. is coming in for a good amount of money. Uh, well, and he's making so much money, they can't justify the salary by keeping him in, a, in NXT. If he headlines the touring brand and it starts he, to make money? He could headline the touring brand, which just announced six new shows going all over the place in the Midwest and the Northeast in February. They already have shows coming up in January. They want to run these bu bigger buildings. I mean, they have a TV taping where they had to sell out you know, the large arena in Orlando. They're going to do more of that, and I think they're going to do some of it this year without piggybacking off a WWE pay-per-view where they could possibly run a larger arena by themselves and not with a WWE pay-per-view that same weekend. If you want to run NXT shows in Japan where the yeah. WWE roster isn't traveling to Japan at that time and you want to do an NXT show, well, now you could potentially you have, have AJ Styles. You can potentially have Hideo Itami, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor all on your brand who were draws in Japan mm -hmm. and you now have the WWE network going to Germany and Japan. And if you want a lot of subscri uh, subscribers, you know, if you want to try to get half a million subscribers in those two areas, you know, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura are guys that could potentially pop that number up a little bit. So there is value there. Oh yeah. And I think triple H, if he keeps him away from Vince, can protect him and do all that with him. My my first thought when I heard that was Vince is going to take a look at the Michael Jackson, get up in the weird hair, give him a silver glove and make him moonwalk if he makes it to the main roster. I know that sounds stupid, but. <laughs> well, and we also had Hideo Itami coming in. We had Lasombra coming in uh, yeah. from CMLL. These guys don't hide the fact that they are taking the English classes and learning the language. Is Shinsuke Nakamura going to be a guy who's coming in and forced to, uh, you know, prop up on his English? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know they, I, well, I know I they mean, would I think, want him to, but... I think he, ha he has some English. I, I think, I, but, you know, they want... It's a bridge too far, I think. Uh, especially if you're bringing in adult males who have, you know, decades of a foreign language, and this is their second language, and they haven't learned it, and they're just getting the phonetics down. This is where managers would help, but they don't do managers anymore. So, you know, they they, they want the all-in-one package. And, you know, much like we heard when, oh, they're looking for a Hispanic superstar. They want the superstar who can be bilingual and fluent in both and do great promos and convey emotion and then do a good match and be six foot four and muscular. And, uh, da, 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 da. You know, they, they want so much out of guys that they're not, that they never really focus on what they are great at. I mean, anybody that takes a look at Daniel Bryan and says, yes, that's what the WWE did well, to me, hasn't been paying attention. And that's, you know, that's always the danger is that the great in-ring stuff that we see is kind of the third or fourth priority. Now we get to a couple of guys where WWE may be overvaluing what the Bullet Club means. Mm-hmm. Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows uh, leaving New Japan, where they were the tag team champions for the better part of the last couple of years, and leaving relative security of that. Obviously, Doc Gallows had been in WWE before. Carl Anderson had been uh, 
in a ways within the WWE system before, albeit a long time ago. Um, these strike me as the ones that aren't going to work out very well, especially because they work a WWE main roster style for the most part, even in New Japan they were doing so. They, in my opinion, would make the NXT shows worse. Not bad, but worse. No. I don't need to see Doc and Carl working Blake and Murphy on NXT live events. They could be good hands and have good knowledge to provide to the tag teams, but that's really kind of all they would be doing as far as the consumer point of view. I think it depends on if you're going to keep them as a team or not as well. Um, I, and, I, see the, I see them as the Ascension 2.0 right? in NXT, and, to be and honest that's, with you. That's the other point. You have Carl Anderson and Doc Gowles coming in. It seems like the value would be in them together. They don't necessarily have to be together with AJ Styles, no. but could they be in effect together somehow with Finn Balor and go to NXT and they do a Balor club or they do some type of unit with them, maybe with some other names coming up from whether it's the performance center guys you haven't seen on TV before. But uh, that still doesn't make them a value necessarily as, as they're doing, they do the WWE style of, of uh, stable where it's basically one star and a bunch of cannon fodder. And I, to me, uh, to me, if they haven't seen the, the value in what, uh, Doc Gallows could bring with his, you know, his, his, you know, if you've ever listened to the podcast on MLW or any of his other podcasts, like with Colt, I mean, he's a very entertaining, charismatic guy. He's very entertaining, but that. he's always been entertaining outside of WWE. Exactly. And, and, you know, would that translate? I don't know. They didn't see it the first time. He might just be Festus again. Who his, knows? his best work was in the group with CM Punk. And he was overshadowed, as everyone was, by yeah, CM Punk. Definitely. And that's going to be his role here. He's going to be the heavy. He's going to be the bad luck valet of whatever group he's put in. If they and put and it's in. funny because I remember going into the Dusty Rhodes Tag Classic when we all thought that Rhino and Baron Corbin might be yeah. coming into a Balor club. Yeah. And, I, and I wonder if it would have been better. I mean, you could use names that you already had on the roster. You could have used a Braun Strowman who hadn't debuted at the time. You could have used, uh, used Baron Corbin. You could have used... You know, Tino Sabatelli, for all I care, someone it, that was in the performance center to come up in this club and get them over. But now you're bringing in relics from Finn Balor's past, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. I mean, I don't know if they're going to NXT. They could always end up in TNA for all we know. That's I true. Mean, That's true. They could end up somewhere that is not I don't WWE. Think, I don't think they'd be I don't think they'd be full time ROH because then they'd still be able to work New Japan. So, I mean, and I don't think Global Force is locking down anybody anymore. So, oh, I mean, God, it, no. oh, God, no. It's, it seems like the only place they would be going is NXT, but it's no guarantee. And, that, that. and that's an excellent point because, you know, Dave Meltzer says they're, you know, most likely coming into WWE. Court Bauer uh, didn't mention them by name again. Uh, so it's very possible that this could all be, as with Shinsuke Nakamura, who may be in New Japan for a couple of months yet and has not signed any papers with WWE, this could all be negotiation too. Yeah, it could all be, just be leverage. We could be seeing all of these guys stay. We could see Doc and Gallows become IWGP Tag Team Champions again. We can see Shinsuke Nakamura defend his belt successfully against Kenny Omega. All those guys can stay in New Japan and this was all a negotiation tactic where they said, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to leave. We have this money. Well, New Japan comes back and says, we can't lose all of you. We're going to pay you even more. OK, we'll stay. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all with AJ. I think AJ is already out the door. He's in WWE's uh, crosshairs at this point. He's coming in. The yeah, other guys, and, though, the other guys yeah. very well could go back to New Japan or TNA. Because there, there's no signature on the dotted line with WWE. And Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows are really the ones where I see it as, you know, until they're actually in WWE, I won't believe it. Because I just don't see them as a fit. I don't see what WWE would be seeing in these guys. I mean, it's a net positive. If they say, we're going to bring in AJ, Carl Anderson, and Doc Gallows, it's a net positive just because of the value of AJ. But they're, they're, you don't need Doc me, and Carl. They're the throw-ins. <laughs> if they're good friends with AJ or Shinsuke behind the scenes, I mean, really, really tight. Hey, could you bring my friends along with me and we can do this? Yeah, but you know, Shinsuke that, doesn't. That, none of yeah, these guys I have know. that pull. Oh no, no, they don't. But but that that would be that would be the only. But that would that might be leverage on WWE's part. We'll bring those two in, and then you know you'll have friends here. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it just seems that the tag team as a whole, those two are a little stale, in my opinion. Um, 
And I know everybody talks up Carl Anderson as a good individual talent. So, I mean, it, it, the whole Doc Gallows part of it. He's solid, as, he's solid see, but nothing special. I, I, mean, I like I like him. He's tall. He's big. He's funny. He's all that. But he's been here. And I don't understand why they'd look at him and go, we need him other than someone else wants him. I don't see him. I don't see him coming in. So we'll see if. Uh, he might be Kane again. Who knows? No, probably not. <laughs> now we don't know again we don't know 100% if any of these guys are coming in right. um, I, I still think with Carl and Doc and maybe even Shinsuke it could be negotiation that you know all this stuff is happening oh yeah we gave notice we want to make it real and they could be using court for all I know you know get this out there so that you know we, we have better ground to stand on that we're really going to leave and it gets all the sensationalism out there that, uh, you know, this, New, New Japan's getting raided by WWE. This might all just be Alberto Del Rio and, and Dave and that, that whole debacle with the contract thing. It just might be a lot of lip service to a lot of people just to see what it, happens. It very, well, it very well could be guys getting worked. Um, but yeah, AJ is most likely coming in. The other guys, it'll be interesting to see Shinsuke if he goes to WWE, because uh, that's what we're talking about here. What if they all went and what they would do? Mm-hmm. Um, Aubrey Sitterson on Twitter, who has his own show, uh, tweeted this. Imagine how much more you'd enjoy it if it was a surprise you weren't spoiled on already. This in reference to the rumors of all these names coming over. And I wanted to get your take on it, too, because I believe. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it's one of those things where he does this on Twitter a lot. Like he's oh, going to yeah, go he he's going to go anti what people are talking about to try and sound smart and in perspective. But really, if we're talking about it, you know side by side, the rumors of AJ Styles being signed to WWE is no more than an actor being signed on to a movie. Like, you know, he's coming in, but you don't know exactly what he will portray, how he will portray it, what the, what the ideas in the movie are going to be until you see it. So it's not, we're not spoiling anything. Now the rumors out there of these guys coming in is not spoiler uh, of any kind. We don't, if AJ Styles shows up at the rumble, it's not like we're saying AJ is going in the rumble. We're just guessing here. Uh, So it's not spoiler related. No, um, but but I'll, I'll I'll give you my take on it. He's wrong in this respect. It's much of a surprise to those of us in the bubble. If I'm watching with casuals and AJ Styles shows up, I'm the only one who goes, oh, wow. And then I have to explain to all my friends who AJ Styles is. When you get the news that he's coming in, you can prep people on such things who may be casual fans and may be watching. It becomes kind of its own news service from the bubble to the casual. And then a more direct comparison, we had the uh, 2011 Rumble, I believe it was 2011, where Kevin Nash came in. Yeah. And everyone and their mother knew Kevin Nash was in the arena that day. And we were still loving it when he showed up as a as an entrant because you don't actually know until he's on television that anything's happening with these guys. Oh, yeah. You remember the, the almost... Two years of Shelton Benjamin, John Morrison, MVP, and Carlito are all backstage or have all been called in or whatever to to every single big surprise pay-per-view there was, and they never showed up. You know, the surprise is when they actually show up, not in when it's reported. Yeah. Yeah, I I just, I, I saw that, and I'm like, okay, well, it's not a direct comparison, and it's just silly. So get out of here with that. Um it's it's a fun time because we didn't think 2015 could be topped as far as the rumors of people jumping ship to so-and-so. And, you know, the Young Bucks really kind of started this. And now, go figure, the Young Bucks are the only ones with contracts. And I think the Briscoes also have contracts. I'm not sure of that. I mean, I meant in the Bullet Club. Of all these oh, Bullet, Bullet Club guys Club. leaving, of, of the New Japan names we're talking about, the Young Bucks, who were never going to sign a contract and were free agents that can go anywhere ever. Well, who else is really going to be poached? Cody Hall? Tamatanga? Kenny Omega, maybe, maybe, I don't think so. You know, Ta- Yoshihiro uh, Takahashi, no. So, <laughs> yeah, you want the I big mean, names. You want the yeah. big names. Bad Luck Fale is a big, big player on the on the free agent market. Not really. It's a fun time, though. I mean, this is, yeah. it, it creates fun conversation. And obviously, there's a lot of fantasy booking, a lot of overexcitement uh, that will probably need now, to be tempered at some point here. But now, it, it creates some fun. Now, if NXT signs yellow Barbie Mao, I'm I'm in. I'm I'm totally in on that. No. Pass. <laughs> Pass, I say. Voices of wrestling. Dude, okay. shut up. All right. God. Voicesofwrestling.com slash Amazon. If you are doing shopping on Amazon, you can go through that link, help us out a little bit. 
And you can donate to the show in the uh, link in the description or voicesofwrestling.com slash STR. There is a button. Jeffrey, you okay over there? Oh, I'm fine. Okay, good. Is it still raining in Los Angeles? I don't have a window open. I won't know. But I assume so because I don't see any sun and it's still dark out here. It's dark in LA right now? So well, it's not just raining. It's like stormy. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's uh, freeways flooded raining out here oh my god really i i have not seen anything on the news it's not really a flash flood. well that's because any any rain of any note floods the, the okay. freeways because there's no drainage out here whatsoever yeah yeah you're just uh you're just drowning away hopefully not too uh much um we have undertaker and mankind to talk about later but we uh you watched the finale of breaking ground yes did you not yes. what did you think about the season overall because i uh you know it, it was an interesting final episode it kind of you know, they did a lot to try and wrap everything up. Uh, what'd you think about this season, the first season of Breaking Ground? Overall, as a season, uh, about 50 good and 50 what I don't care for, but I understand why they do it. Um, I don't need to see heels crying on television. You know, that, that's that's an odd thing for me, and that happened a lot in this. In this With between, Baron, too. Baron, Dana, um... Uh, and, and not getting choked up so much, but uh, Tyler Breeze. And boy, that, that ending just makes that whole New Year's resolution promo just anger-inducing, doesn't it? Hey, Tyler Breeze is getting called up to the main roster after his many, many years of struggle here. And we're breaking up the act, and we're going to figure out what to do with him now. <laughs> Although that said, I mean, a lot of good came out of it. I think Carmella possibly had the most growth of anyone out of the town other than Corbin, perhaps. I, I tell you, I would say almost everyone who was featured, um, except for Love Preet, because he was only featured very you know, rarely on the right. show. Right. Um, I mean, I was half expecting them to fire Tino at the end of this episode, just, just because it's like, oh, here's these guys improving, improving, improving. They always had that little twist of the knife at the end. I was expecting to see him get fired. It, it is interesting. Yeah. Cause they kind of set him up as a guy who really felt like he should be the best one there and could be the best one there. And it seemed like they were setting up, you well, know, his they, eventual fall, like where they, he gets fired at the end. Yeah. They couldn't decide whether or not he was just cocky or confident. And, and the way they edited him so much made him likable one episode and unlikable the next, I think Bailey and, and Regal out of anybody in terms of what engrossed me every time those two were on screen, it just, even though this is a worked show in some ways, they came off as the most believable that they're not working or playing it up at all. I mean, I did this last episode was the, were you ever worried for Dana Brooke going through this match? No. Okay. Well, that's yeah. Whatever. I, I, I mean, I, I wasn't. I, the injury storyline was so contrived, and that's what I thought about later on in the season. Um, this the the first episode and the, even the second one up, you know, that was that was shown on the network, I thought were great, and I thought really they were just going to give us behind the scenes. It was going to be you know just a kind of like a documentary. It was what was going on down there, and then they slowly turned it into every other reality television show where. There were Bingo. angles produced that weren't real. You had the Nia Jax not knowing what she was going to do for an entrance the day of her show, even though she'd been practicing it for weeks at the Performance Center. You had this angle with Dana Brooke, who was apparently hurt, yet we're still going to let you wrestle. And, you know, every time she takes a bump, she grabs her neck because that's, that's what she should be selling, yet her injury is somehow her peck. I, I, I just didn't like how they kind of made up storylines as they went because they didn't need to. They didn't need yeah. to at all. Yeah, no. Um, reality is far more interesting than contrived reality. Yeah, but I was interested. I mean, I hope the show comes back. I hope they, they do it again. Maybe uh, if they're not going to film right away, maybe they film kind of after WrestleMania, maybe after a bunch of call-ups, maybe Sami Zayn goes up, maybe someone else goes up, kind of start the filming there. Like, okay, there's a new crop in town, and we want to see what Tino Sabatelli is doing in the, the beginner's class. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with a second season of it. I I enjoyed the show, but the the finale was while interesting, probably the worst episode I think of the entire uh, of the entire season. Yeah, I, I the the finale didn't uh, didn't intrigue me as much as uh, the next to last episode. That's all. 
Yeah, I, I like the I like the next to last episode too. I thought they were really and it's a finale. Sometimes finales of seasons just aren't that great because you are doing this wrapping everything together. Cause I don't know if they're gonna be back for another for another season. Yeah, um, this seems like a one season type of show unless you're going to act unless you're actually just going to let it breathe a little. Yeah, and I, I hope they let it breathe a little and bring it back. I think it was successful. I mean, you know, we we see a lot of people talking about the show. Uh it was on right after Raw, so you have while it's not on the same channel by any means, you kind of have people in a WWE mindset that might have just gone to the network and watched the show. So I, I hope it was successful. I guess we'll find out at the next quarterly meeting for WWE. Um, mm-hmm. But that was Breaking Ground. Before Breaking Ground was WWE Raw, where we kind of mentioned a little bit about Roman Reigns, how he is going to defend the title now in the Royal Rumble match. Um, I, first, I first saw this posited as an idea uh, from Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter mentioned that wouldn't it be crazy if they if they make Roman defend the title in the Royal Rumble because Vince is so mad at him and we brought it up on a couple of shows ago where you and I thought is this an idea that might actually come to fruition and go figure Jeff they are going to do Roman Reigns defending the title in the Royal Rumble match uh your initial reaction when you heard this was finally going to be a real storyline they painted themselves into a corner was my first reaction um did they though I think they have. Because I think they now have, you have. You have 30 guys now who can win it instead of just one. You can have whoever you want to be the champion coming out of the show be the champion. And, okay, but what's the end game here? That's the problem. Is Roman going to be the champion coming out of WrestleMania or not? Because well, we don't, if we don't know. Well, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, but <laughs> well, we, we don't. They might. We, so they have an end they, game. We, we don't need an end game. We have to figure out where the next story is. He's your main event player, though. That's the thing. And you're trying to figure out his story here through the biggest event that's supposed to sell out this giant stadium here. Yes, because, okay, if you put him in, what did we say originally about this scenario? It's the worst case scenario. Because if you put him in the Rumble and he wins, he's getting the same reaction he got last year. It's correct. It's the worst case scenario if he wins. If he wins, okay. This to me guarantees he's not winning the rumble. So what oh, yeah. does that make him? That makes him a clown of a champ twice now. I where he's been screwed and they're trying to get him sympathy by continually screwing him out of the belt. And right now, what people want is they want to get away from this ridiculous authority versus the top babyface angle that's been going on for ten to fifteen years, and they keep throwing guys in there and what you're going to do is you're going to make him a three-time champ with i think a a average of what a month reign i mean i think whoever wins the rumble is facing roman at wrestlemania and yeah there are options for that and i think in between that fast lane we probably get the the reigns triple h match here or triple h wins the rumble and we get that then and that i think is a not the best idea in the world either. But I think they've painted themselves into a corner in, in some ways in terms of Roman. Now, in terms of actual booking, no. They have many, many ways they can go. I don't know how many of them are good. And that's the problem here by doing this. Because I, I think it's much better to get Triple H's feud with Roman out of the way and then go on to whoever they're going to build to towards WrestleMania. But that's my opinion. Now, who do I think is going to win the Rumble? I think it's one of five people. I think it's Roman... Cena, uh, Triple H, Lesnar, or Daniel Bryan. And if they put on Daniel Bryan, he's losing it at Fastlane. Right to Triple H or someone. <laughs> or maybe Brock. Who knows? I, uh, I would go off the board as far as the Royal Rumble winner goes from year five. Um, and I'll explain that. We're going to do our Royal Rumble preview on the, uh, on the 19th where we really dive into who has the best chances to win um, because I think you're right. There's a lot of guys, unlike last year, where there were two options. Mm-hmm. There were two options to win the Royal Rumble. This year, there are a good number of options, and I think there are more now because the title is on the line. I don't see this as the worst-case scenario. I think the worst-case scenario, now that we have this match set, is Roman Reigns winning. So yeah. Roman Reigns kind of has to lose. He does not necessarily have to main event Dallas. This this could be one big idea, because if they want to really sell out Dallas, Texas, AT&T Stadium uh, with a big crowd. I don't think Roman Reigns in the title match is the way to do it. The real mistake that was made, not to rehash it too much, was having Roman Reigns lose to Sheamus in the first place. Okay. That, no, that cash-in was a huge mistake. 
I agree, and I've heard some people, well, you can turn Roman heel. I go, that just makes him even more of a goof because he should have turned heel when when Triple H offered him not to go through the tournament. So, I, you know, I'm I'm thinking of this through the lens of Roman Reigns rather than as the overall strategy. I admit that maybe I'm getting a bit of tunnel vision here. Uh, my question for you: This this social outcast uh, stable. Well, before we before we move on okay. to the social outcast, because that's the next thing well, I did want to talk well, about. Part of the well, part of the rumble. Okay. Well, was, yeah, and okay. I I think I think uh, we may be on the same track there. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, they're definitely a big part of the rumble. Um, before leaving Reigns, though, I could okay. very well see a situation where if Triple H and Roman Reigns is the way you want to go, if the idea is authority screwing the the title out of Roman. Um, you've already made your bed. He lost the title once to Sheamus, okay? He had his moment already. Mm-hmm. I very well see them doing a scenario where Roman Reigns gets knocked out by somebody. Very well could be Triple H, whether he's in the match or not. Maybe tri- Triple H just comes out and kind of takes him out of the Rumble. Uh, I could very well see a situation where he's out of the Rumble halfway through. Yeah. And then you get a little time to breathe, and then you say, okay, now everyone else in this match is really fighting for the world title. Who could it be? And I can see a guy like Brock coming back and winning the championship. I can see Undertaker coming in and winning the title only for the fact that I see Undertaker in a really important match at WrestleMania in Dallas. Uh, so he could go into WrestleMania in Dallas as the champion. And the idea now would be for some challenger to go in against almost insurmountable odds, as Vince always likes to use. Like Undertaker does not lose at WrestleMania. How on earth are you going to win the title? And I can see that person being John Cena. Very much. So if you just look at what matches you kind of want to put out there for WrestleMania, you can kind of work backwards a bit and say, who are the real options to win the Rumble? Um, But I think the Rumble match itself is now more exciting because the stipulation is the winner wins the title. The match itself is exciting because there are more people, but it's still not that many people who can win the title. Um, I would, yeah, I'd add a bounty on Roman Reigns and say whoever throws him out gets this or whatever. and 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 then you have them target him. You throw him out about halfway through, and then it's like, oh, crap. And and now you can actually reintroduce Daniel Bryan into the WWE universe without having to screw over Roman in any way. Yeah, I, uh, at this point, I think it's too late for Daniel Bryan. He's not coming back. Unless he makes some type of surprise return tonight on SmackDown, I don't see Bryan coming back anytime soon. Okay. Um, now, you get to the social outcasts. <laughs> the social outcast group that came up. Yes. Uh, Heath Slater, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, and uh, one other guy. Who's the other guy? Oh, uh, Adam Rose. Adam Rose, that's right. Uh, The social outcast, the new job squad, if you will, have debuted. Still nowhere on earth Damian Sandow uh, can find a way into WWE Raw, but uh, you have these four guys showing up. Heath Slater getting the win over Dolph Ziggler, so it seems like they have some type of mild idea for these four. Mm -hmm. And now it seems like we're going into the Royal Rumble, with faction warfare, because we just keep seeing groups pop up. Yeah, my question was going to be which mid card face or NXT talent is going to eliminate all four of these guys. Because I think that's why they're being put together here. Alan Jones Styles. Because if you're bringing in the Bullet Club, why not have the Bullet Club come in and their first mission is to rid them uh, of the outcasts? And then you have the League of Nations throw the Bullet Club out. League of Nations in this thing. You have the Wyatt family. You have the New Day. You have Team ECW. It is faction, 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 faction making up this Royal Rumble potentially. Yeah, I was thinking that this faction, though, was a little bit like to build someone, maybe even a Baron Corbin or God help us, an they, they do something like, oh, we'll put Asuka in the Rumble, and she can throw out those four guys or whatever. Yeah, um, no, I, I don't that's see not, that's not No, yeah. I don't either, but, but I was thinking the Karma uh, Rumble that one time. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd love it uh, to be more serious, but uh, these four clowns are, are, getting, are getting beat by someone out there. And you know what? If they do the Bullet Club thing, that could, that could probably work. You'd have to do a lot of work on commentary to explain who they are, though. But I oh, can see it. A okay. ton of work. But, you know, if they were going up against the social outcasts, I don't think it matters. And I don't think they'd be called Bullet Club. But well, that's okay. No, but uh, <laughs> no, they wouldn't be the Bullet Club. Yeah, they would find yeah. some other type of name. But uh, that's what we know them as right now. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think there are almost endless possibilities for this Rumble. Like, I'm really excited for the Rumble, even if we didn't have the AJ Styles news, even if we didn't have the Carl Anderson news. 
super excited for this Rumble. And the fact that the title is on the line makes any predictions that much more, you know, out on a limb, if you will, just because, you know, you got to think about it now. This isn't just a title shot that can be changed at Fastlane. This is the winner of the title. This is the person who will be on that post-Rumble Raw as the champion of the company. But we've had faction warfare in the Rumble before. We have had, uh, on a small scale, we had the Nexus and the Core. Yeah. But that, I mean, that was two. It's about the same level. <laughs> this, this to me would be, I mean, if you have League of, same level of talent, yes. Especially, you know, CM Punk was leading one of those factions. I'll tell you what I did like. I liked that the Wyatt family attacked the Big Show. I hope they keep the Big Show yeah. heel. I hope that's not a face turn. Because that, that to me, is logical that a bunch of heels who are evil like that would beat up another heel and wouldn't give a crap about it. That's yeah, true. I like I liked that uh, touch on Raw. Uh, I, I, would also, I would also like to say that the Social Outcast promo mm-hmm. was not only was the crowd not responding, which you would kind of imagine. I mean, no one cares about any of these four guys. It was terrible. I it was like a bad skills presentation when they would release uh, <laughs> when those skills presentation classes would leak on YouTube from uh, the Performance Center. Like, yeah. this is one of those. It was one of those cringeworthy, like, I can't believe I have to watch this. No wonder they do it privately. Like, this was a skills presentation class. It was no good whatsoever. No good. Um, King of the Ring. What? 1998. Oh, okay. <laughs> Match number 50 on the top 100 countdown. Mankind versus The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match. Not even the main event of the show. I mean, a lot, most people remember that show. Uh, they don't remember Ken Shamrock winning the tournament. They don't remember too much the main event being Steve Austin versus Kane in a first blood match, although the the closing angle is kind of remembered. This match, this show, is remembered for Mankind, Mick Foley, going up against The Undertaker, and especially the big spots of the match. Uh, yeah. This was the, uh, the semifinal of the King of the Ring in Pittsburgh uh, in 1998, a 17-minute match, 10 minutes of which were basically spent attending to a broken and almost dead Mick Foley. Uh, but we go back and talk about this match now, Jeff, your overall impressions from King of the Ring 1998 semifinal. I watched this one live with friends, um, I believe, because we were all geeked over uh, what is Mick Foley going to do in this match? Oh, he has a cage. It's going to be hardcore. They, they'd been building this up with uh, you know, the boiler room brawl. And the buried alive match and, and things of that nature. So it kept escalating and escalating. And, and you knew during this attitude era that they were kind of embracing hardcore a bit. So you knew something was going to happen. Yeah. Not this. No, you, <laughs> this, di- you didn't expect this, that. I just remember the visual because we went over to the same person's house to watch all pay-per-views. The visual is about six guys in their mid to late 20s watching this. And when he takes that when, when it's like okay he's up on top of the cage wow this is awesome but you know but you know they're just gonna climb down or whatever they're not gonna go through the cage or anything like that the moment undertaker throws fully off all of us go into a fetal position to go oh my god and these are guys who had watched you know japanese death matches together and things like that and not been all that phased everybody's just like cringing in it and and curled up and going oh my god what did i just see i think he's dead (laughs) that's that was i mean ross had that call right i oh good god they killed him that that was our reaction watching it live um (laughs) and if you don't remember the entire match because most people do just remember those moments where he goes he flies off the cage he gets choke slammed through the cage uh the smile with the missing teeth yeah. Most people remember the moments, but this match went 17 minutes. The match began with both Undertaker and Mankind climbing oh. up to the top. Yeah. Mankind was already on the top waiting for him. And within the first couple of minutes, Mankind flies off the cage onto the announce table. That that didn't happen late in the match. That happened oh. bright and early in the match. And then we had about four minutes of Mankind being attended to by everybody. Uh, Vince was out there. Uh, kind of out of character because he had been waiting for the main event all show. Well, everything about this was out of character because I don't think Lawler knew what was going on because it was funny because as this match continues to go, he starts finding out more and more things and starts getting more horrified. Like, what's that hanging from his nose? Oh, it's probably a table. Is it a tooth? Oh, my God. You think so? <laughs> Lawler just continued to get sick. And Funk, who was in a feud 
with Terry Funk, who's in a feud with uh, Foley at this point, runs out there to help, and Jim Ross basically comments and cuts himself off about the character of Funk and Foley here, and, and, and goes and gets back in before he goes too far that way into it. Um, my favorite, possibly my favorite comment ever picked up off of a crowd mic came during this match. Vince McMahon over by the stroller, and you hear some Yahoo in the audience tell Vince, well, I guess you got your ratings now, huh, Vince? Right. <laughs> and I just went, oh, man, that 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 perfectly encapsulates this whole thing and, and actually kind of how McMahon viewed Foley afterwards, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, he's he, he's down for minutes at this. Everyone's out there. He's he's getting taken to the back. We you know, you at first kind of think this match might be over. Yeah, uh, that the match has been done. Undertaker is still at the top of the cage. They had to raise the cage to get the EMTs yeah. over to Foley, who was by the announce table. So all of a sudden, Undertaker is like going to the middle of the cage, being risen uh, with that cage uh, before Foley gets out of the building, though. He gets off the stretcher. He gets he smiles as Jim Ross mentions that uh, Mick Foley is smiling. What a sick bastard. And he goes immediately running towards the cage like nothing's wrong mm-hmm. and climbing back up. This was also pre uh, cutting out the holes for people to climb up. Right. So Undertaker and Mick Foley, two guys that you would expect need those holes very badly, are yes. climbing up this cage trying for, you know, for dear life not to fall down. It's craziness. Well, Foley, it was just painful watching him on that first crawling up and then the second one wasn't much better right because they they got no way to really grip in there and the second time he climbs up his hips are killing him i'm sure yeah Uh, i mean so sad for them bunkett thought he had broken his arm um (laughs) so he's trying to stop him from it but yeah he climbs back up on top of the cage and gets choke slammed they they brawl they brawl for a little bit and then undertaker just uh and kind of like right away like it's within the the minute that he gets back up on this cage Undertaker choke slams him through the cage, uh, goes right down to the ring, the chair almost hitting him in the head on the way down. Oh, it does. It dislocates his jaw. That's how the tooth got knocked. That's out. right. Yeah, the chair hits him. Um, just a chaotic bump. Uh, you know, you always hear McFoley talk about how that was the more dangerous one. Uh, because yeah. he had a way to break his fall on the first one, but going through the ring, like it was just straight down. Um and, and still. You watching this match live had to be like, okay, that's the one that ends it because yeah, this this ends now, right? He's 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 gone. He can't go anymore. And yet we go into a brawl after this. Yeah, because that was actually the bump where you thought, okay, maybe that wasn't planned. Obviously, the first bump, you're like, okay, he threw him off the cage. He didn't. That was no accident. He was supposed to go right. off the cage. But this one, that cage wasn't supposed to break. Yeah, that one we thought was an accident, and and oh god, he's not gonna be able to control himself because you know the fence will change his trajectory and all this other stuff. I mean, we were just <laughs> we were like, oh, should we? I mean, even back then, you felt guilty for watching this. It didn't get much better, you know, no. knowing kind of what shape McFoley is in now, yeah, and where much of it stems from that one show. Um, but yeah, craziness. And then, yes, they brawl again in the ring. Mick Foley actually gets the advantage for a short while. Hey, uh, getting time to bring out thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. Doing the, you know, he was going for a mandible claw onto the thumbtack, uh, onto the thumbtacks. But he would end up being the one to take the punishment from those thumbtacks. He, he busts Undertaker open at one point, too, I believe. Oh, yeah, Undertaker's bleeding. I mean, at this point, yeah. Undertaker's bleeding. Mick Foley's bleeding from the mouth. I mean, this is a crazy match. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the thumbtacks get introduced. <laughs> Foley goes back first in the thumbtacks, at almost in an electric chair. Really, he's hanging on Undertaker's back, and Undertaker just says, you know what, I'm going to get him off of me by falling backwards. And Foley goes onto the thumbtacks, then eats a choke slam onto the thumbtacks. And still not over, Undertaker had to give him a tombstone pile driver. Finally winning. Finally ending. There's some old school towns that are, that are just going, ugh. <laughs> You're killing all the finishes. I, my, The story from this is that uh, in the back, after they're getting attended to, Foley turns to Undertaker and says, so did we get to the thumbtacks? <laughs> Undertaker goes, look at your arm, Mick. <laughs> that he was having memory problems even then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. Because, yeah, you, you landed right on those things. It was just a crazy match. I mean, yeah, 17 it, minutes, and 
you know, it, even with the like four minutes there in the middle of resting, just because you're, you don't know what's happening with Foley. That's not resting. That's suffering. Not resting. Right. <laughs> that was, that was a lot of suffering. Oh, that it was, was bad. That was suffering. Yeah. I, I, I read the Wikipedia article from this and they, they had the excerpt, I think from uh, Foley's book quoted in it and, and how it came up with this. And it was like, um, Funk and Foley were sitting around and they were talking about the big uh, belly to back bump Shawn Michaels had taken in the very first King of the Ring match. And uh, and they're just they're just brainstorming ideas. And uh, I think it was Funk who offhandedly said, well, maybe Undertaker could throw you off the top or maybe or Foley. One of the two said it, of course. But uh, but a couple minutes passes and Foley goes, I think I could do it. Yeah. Never suggest anything again. ever. <laughs> Never do it. I think I could do that, and I think I could come back and climb back up and take a choke slam. Oh God, stop! Oh, stop! Uh, for all all the great nostalgia of ECW, but, you know now, right? You, why? How could I ever watch that but, stuff? I mean, and then you add to the craziness because after all this, you're like, okay, maybe Foley's night is done. What a horrible night he had! But no, the main event is Steve Austin versus Kane in the first blood match and Mick Foley comes out and interferes in that his night was not over. He has to come out and again, get beaten up interfering in the uh, Steve Austin this whole year. Uh, you may remember being the year where everyone thought the undertaker and Kane who had been on opposite sides for much of the year were in cahoots to yeah. try and stop Steve Austin's title reign. So was that, that the one? Was that the one where Foley ran out because Big Boss Man missed his time cue, or am I no? That's that's that? the uh, we talked about that at Survivor Series. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, Survivor Series, uh, which was one of our previous shows that we talked about. Um, but yeah, no this this was just chaos. McFoley wasn't done. What a night! Undertaker comes out still wearing his tights, but he has a a loose sweatshirt almost on when interfering in the match with Steve Austin and Kane. Uh, ending up costing Steve Austin the title. Steve Austin lost the world title to, that night to Kane because he had been bleeding from a share shot from The Undertaker. And then storylines be storylines. The next night on Raw, Steve Austin won the title back. <laughs> Hot potato. We can give you, at least in that era of pay-per-view, you had finishes to the shows. They True. would just be erased the next night. Like you, you would get a clean title finish, so you don't feel screwed on the pay per view. But then the next night, everything is put back. Instead, now we get countouts and DQs, so they don't have to put anything back the next night on Raw. They just don't do it in the first place. Could you imagine if they did that for Rumble? Like even no matter who won wins the Rumble, they lose it on Raw the next night. Yeah, it, it'd be like Roman Reigns going in losing the title to you know we'll just use Sheamus as an example because he already did this once. You know, losing to Sheamus, and the next night on Raw, he just wins it back from Sheamus. And there you go. <laughs> Two-time champ. Look at him. He's real. He would be. Uh, he would be a three-time champ if he lost it and won it back, wouldn't he? Yeah. Three-time yeah. champion. Mm -hmm. Oh, Roman Reigns. Next week, match number 49 on our list is The Rock versus Steve Austin from WrestleMania 19. Safeco Field. Steve Austin's last match. Last match ever. You have memories of that one? Somewhat. I'll have to do a little bit more research on it because all Rock and Austin matches look alike. Yeah, every every once in a while I go back and watch some of the stuff from that show because as uh, critically not acclaimed that show really is, and whether it be the expectations going in, whether it be the Brock injury kind of hampering the, the main event match, uh, it had some good stuff on it. Oh yeah, no, I, I like the show overall. I just I don't remember that match in terms of the beats to it and and whatnot. My two main memories from the Safeco Field show are the Brock botch and the double uh, A spine buster that then leads to him blading. <laughs> I will remember that show for being Steve Austin's last match. Obviously, the Brock botch, um, Nathan Jones being somewhat in an Undertaker match, even though he was so bad they ended up not putting him in. Oh, uh, maybe the, I misremembered that one. Then. The day okay. of the show. It was crazy. It was supposed to be like Big Show and Albert versus Undertaker and Nathan Jones. Oh, okay. I'm, yeah, of I'm Mad Max it. Fury Road fame. Um, and Nathan Jones was taken out the day of the show and I'm, only made it out to the uh, finish. 
So yeah, uh, I, I, I bought I botched which Undertaker match that was. That's my fault then. Okay. That's fine. Good stuff. Uh, good stuff there. But uh, it was also the Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels night. It was also yeah. Hulk Hogan coming back and Roddy Piper coming back. Yeah, we did the uh, we did that Jericho. Uh, we did Jericho uh, and Michaels. Michaels. Match. We yeah. did Jericho and Michaels. So uh, we got another match coming from. Uh, and I, I think at some point we might even have that Kurt Angle Brock match on the list. I don't remember. I, I don't know offhand if we have it, but that might actually be on the list. So that is match number 49. Coming up next week, The Rock and Steve Austin in Austin's Farewell. Um, a crazy week. A crazy week news-wise. A crazy week WWE storyline-wise with the addition of the social outcasts. With the idea of Roman Reigns defending the championship. Brock Lesnar is going to be on Raw next week. He's also Yay. advertised for several house shows coming up. One of which will be a WWE Network special. Uh, so he's got a lot of dates coming up. He's going to be at Fastlane. So Brock Lesnar is working fast lane. Uh, hmm. So, I mean, what will happen from that? You would figure any Brock match at fast lane is going to be set up uh, maybe on Raw next week, but most likely at the Rumble, which Brock Lesnar will probably be a part of at this point. Brock Lesnar being in the Rumble match is almost a lock at this point, is it not? In a world of one wrestling podcast there is a new shining star with great interviews analysis music and and me matt coon on total engagement go to any podcast platform to listen today enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.